Welcome to the Thrifty Marketer Podcast, a podcast where we meet amazing individuals from all walks of life. Here's your host, Vivek, with a new episode for you. Uh, last week, we had a fantastic guest. One of my favorite people came on the show, and it was amazing to have his views on artificial intelligence what it's going to do to us marketers, right? So uh, as I mentioned, this season, I have not uh, kept the show or invited guests who are into marketing and business alone. This season, we will be meeting a lot of coaches. We will be meeting a lot of leadership uh, trainers, a lot of, uh, you know, entrepreneurs, et cetera, et cetera. So today uh, I have an amazing guest. Uh, I, I cannot wait to start the chat with her. But before that, you know, 2022, we have seen a lot of uh, examples of toxic leadership, right? We have seen it in the business world. We have seen it in the world. There is a war going on as we speak right now. So leadership is one of the areas where a lot of focus is going on. And today's guest uh, has been doing fantastic work in developing amazing leaders. So today I have Dr. Hope Zoller with me. She is the founder and president of Hope, which is helping other people excel LLC, which is a firm that specializes in facilitating leader success at every level of an organization. For over 15 years of a professional career, Dr. Zoller worked at UPS in various roles, including customer service, training, development, uh, training and development, and employee relations. For the past 18 years, she has been consulting various organizations on leadership development. So she is our go-to resource or go-to person for learning about what leadership is all about. Dr. Zoller is also a professor at Spalding University, instructing in the Master of Business Communication program. She has a doctorate in leadership education from Spalding University, a Master of Education in Training and Development from the University of Louisville, and, the, and a Bachelor's of Arts in Communication Psychology from Bellamine University. She has co-authored with Dr. Joe DeCenci, uh, Hope for Leaders, Unabridged Volume 1, and Hope for Leaders in the 2020s. Uh, new Issues to Face, New Problems to Solve, New Hope for the Future, Volume 2. So today we will be discussing leadership in action and some amazing strategies for success in today's world. Without further ado, let me just bring her on. Hi, welcome. Thank you so much for having me today and allowing me to talk about something that, as you said, I am so very passionate about in this world of so much toxic leadership and Absolutely. so many opportunities to show up better for ourselves, Absolutely. for our people, and just for the world. Absolutely. Thank you so much for taking time out, doctor. Uh, and uh, I'm pretty uh, sure this, this session uh, is going to help a lot of people who are going to watch it live as well as later on the YouTube channel. So uh, I have curated a set of questions uh, for you. So if you're ready, we can start it off. Go right ahead. All right. So uh, as I mentioned, the title of today's talk is Leadership in Action. So let me start with that. What does the term leadership in action even mean? Well, you know, for 
for me personally, having been in this industry for over 20 years, it's really kind of evolved in what that means. And I think the pandemic has either has even further evolved for me that definition of action. And it used to be for me when I was in corporate America, it meant walking the talk, you know, doing what you say you're going to do, which are all extremely important things. But as I was sitting with this question and really, you know, reflecting on, again, just kind of the evolution of leadership, especially through the last three years, what I have come to realize with that is it really is more about being present. So when you think about the word action, I I really think about being present. And it, it means, you know, being in touch with what is the reality of your people? What is it that they're going through? What are their struggles? And nothing gave us more of an opportunity to be in action with that and show up with that than what we experienced through the pandemic. And I think, you know, as I'm talking to people, and you're probably experiencing this in your role too, we're just now learning some of the side effects, some of the consequences, some of the things that people have gone through and how that's greatly changing the way in which they lead, the way in which they show up. You know, so for me, it's how can we continually be present? And, And by saying that, I mean, I need to know the people that I'm working with. And I, I don't say that are working for me. I say that are working with me. I need to be in touch with what is it they need? How can I better show up? How can I better serve who they are, where they are? And it, you know, it isn't about me and, you know, the leaders and, and you've probably had those leaders in your life or you've met those people that when they show up, it is, it is more about them than it is about the people that surround them. And you can't do it alone. Leadership is not a solo journey. It's about right. developing a great team of people. And so for me, when I think about action, it's about being present. It's about showing up. It's about being in touch with the reality of where things are. Absolutely. I couldn't agree with you more. Pandemic showed us a, a reality. It was a reality check for most of the leaders, uh, you know, in organizations, especially uh, how how did they show up for their, their peers or their team members. And it was a real, real uh, test, litmus test, uh, which showed us who are the real leaders and who are not. So thank you so much for that fantastic start. So uh, in your opinion, you know, what are the key qualities uh, that make a great leader in today's modern world? The needs are different. Uh, the, the, the asks, the situations are different. So what are some of the qualities uh, you believe will make a person a great leader? Well, you know, again, just kind of talking about this evolution and we all had time to ponder a lot. And so when we were putting together our second leadership book, Leadership, um, Hope for Leaders in the 2020s, we really thought about like, as as we're coming out of this or we're in the middle of this, what do leaders need to be showing up and doing? And I say this often that leadership is a lot of common sense that's not common practice, (laughs) but there are definitely a few things that have really hit home harder and I believe will not be acceptable if they don't have, people don't have those things because people do quit bad leaders they don't necessarily quit bad organizations. And so, right. you know, the four things and I, I've crafted an acronym for it and my HR colleagues love it because they, they literally love it because you can speak love and it right. stands for something. So when I think about, you know, what are the four, if I had to narrow it to that, there's so many right. more things that are important, but if I had to narrow it to that, I think about love. And, and the first part of love is really a listening ear. And that right. goes back to being present. I, I can't be in touch with where things are if I can't really truly listen to you. And you know, right. often it's more of listening to fix than it is listening to understand or listening to support. And so, you know, for me as a leader today, it's just 
letting people know that you're there to hear them, you know, letting them know that you're there not always to fix something, but to be a supportive person for them and guide them and not judge them, you know, be curious, right. critical. And then, you know, that's where the O comes in for that objective mind. I have got to be open to hearing someone's opinion when it may be different from mine. I mean, you know, right. it's interesting when people will hire somebody and you hear them say, I just hired a mini version of myself and I'm so excited. <laughs> and then so six true. months later, they're like, I hired a mini version of myself. I mean, you know, it's, it's like, how can I be open to that diversity right. and to, you know, right. to really thinking differently than maybe I have before. And as I said, it's not a solo journey. It's, it's, it's about building a team and bringing people together. Absolutely. And then the V is versatile attitude. If you didn't learn some versatility through the pandemic, I don't know what would teach you that. I mean, I've been doing 20 years of yoga and the pandemic taught me more about being versatile <laughs> than yoga ever did, you know, because right. it, was, it was, I was pretty much an in-person person. That's right. how I did coaching. That's how I showed up. And then it was like, okay, if I want to survive and continue to provide hope, I got to figure out a different way to connect with people. And leaders right. all over the world were doing the same thing. So it Absolutely. wasn't like, you know, this was just my struggle. And I, I'm sure you were the same way. It's like, how did, can I do things differently than I've ever done? And how can I encourage my people right. to be doing that as well? And, and not right. fear it, but really welcome what, what good changes can come from it. And then lastly, which is probably one of the most important leadership qualities I have found above the listening, which goes in with the listening, is the empathetic heart. Right. Is understanding, going back to that being present, of understanding that all of us are struggling with something right. somewhere at some moment in time. And it's not that I've had to walk a mile necessarily exactly as your mile, but it's right. that I understand you're walking some struggling miles right now. And how can I walk beside you? and be there for you and support you in a way that is going to help you survive, not only survive, but thrive. Thrive. Absolutely. I think, I think the, the, the love acronym which you have is perfect because those are the exact qualities. I believe uh, leaders need to really nurture in themselves because we are all working from home. Uh, I'm, 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 I'm working with a remote team. Uh, they are all in different parts of the country. Uh, we are not able to meet in person, but these qualities, make all those challenges go away uh, to a certain extent. So thank you so much for that acronym. I will remember that for sure. Uh, my next question, you know, since there are constant changes and challenges in today's mm -hmm. fast paced business environment, how can a leaders effectively navigate and adapt to these constant changes? What are your thoughts on that? I th there's a couple of things along the lines with that. And, and first it does start with the leader. It starts with the leader having, and I, I've listened to, and I, I really enjoy your podcast. I've listened to some of your past podcasts, and this has come up because this is this is to me relevant and in, in the industry and in and, and life in general right. is having that open mindset right. to what change can bring. And you know, it really goes back to that versatile attitude. If I'm a leader and I'm so so stuck in the way that I have been doing things, and I'm not open to that, it's going to be very challenging for you to lead people through change. And so, so you know, for you looking at it, it's what is the good that can come from this? And, you know, an interesting element, because I, I've been dealing with change, you know, for many years with organizations and teaching it in grad school, you know, the interesting thing that leaders across the board fail to do is to allow the emotional part of change happen. 
Right. And when I'm, you know, taking a team through change or I'm leading a leader to lead people through change, one of the big things that I always encourage leaders to do is to bring people together to talk about it. Because you and I both know that most changes are not, you know, not optional. They come from down, you know, it's not something that I can either do this or not do this. It's, this is going to be the way that it is. So I can right. like it, learn to like it or leave it. But Absolutely. I think where leaders do have that flexibility in helping people transition is allowing them to feel the pain of mourning. Because when you think about change, it is a lot like the death of something. It's something right. dying and something new beginning. And so I will actually take teams through a grief session. We will go through the stages of grief and I will ask each person to put a post-it note on each one of the stages. And, you know, some are in anger, some are in denial. And then you find that actually some are already at acceptance because right. there are people, believe it or not, <laughs> they're not always in the majority in organizations, but there are some people that, you know, they call themselves change junkies. I love it. You know, it's like, who, this could be better than what it was before. Right. And then you have some people that are frightened because they don't know if they're going to be successful in that, in that new piece. And so right. I think when we skip the emotional part of change, even for ourselves as leaders, we've got to go through that process first. And then right. we have to allow that opportunity for our teams to talk about it. And so while we not, might not be able to you know, say we're going to do this or not do this, there is always some flexibility in how we can go about bringing that change in. So, you know, what Absolutely. are some things that we can do to adjust it to be successful? And, you know, I found the leaders that stop and pause and let people have that emotion. Right. It's so much more successful than just skipping over it and just hoping everybody gets on board with it. And if you don't, right. like I said, you like it, you learn to like it or you leave it. And in a world today where we've got the great rethink, the great resignation, can we really be affording for people to just go as quickly right. as they did before, because it's much harder to replace, especially Absolutely. really good people. Absolutely. Absolutely. I completely agree with that. You know, it's, it's kind of, uh, uh, it's a very, very, as, as I asked in the question, it's very fast paced, mm -hmm. you know, and I think what you said is also right. You know, people don't leave organizations, people leave bad managers. So uh, it's, it's high time for leaders to adapt faster than mm -hmm. earlier. Uh, it's mm -hmm. times are changing. It's better to change according to those right so uh one of the major <clears throat> you know uh, uh, key result areas or kras for every leader is inspiring and motivating their teams these days because times are tough uh, there is there's a lot of uh, you know talks of recession looming around uh, uh, there is people quitting there is a lot of changes happening in personal and professional lives uh, you know so inspiring and motivating their teams becomes the biggest challenge for most of the leaders. So if you can share any specific strategies or techniques that leaders can use to inspire and motivate their teams, that would be fantastic. And I, it's interesting because I had a, a CEO ask me once if there was one leadership book that they could read and that would give them what to do. <laughs> like, right. like you know, if you had to have one cookbook, what would that cookbook be? You know, what would be right. all of the things that you would get from that cookbook that would satisfy, you know, all of the things that you need, all the nutrients. And, right. you know, what I will say to that in reference to motivation is there is no one size fits all for that. Right. And it, it it's going back to really that being in touch with your people. And if you don't know what motivates each person on your team, ask. And so I, you know, I encourage always and people that I'm working one-on-one -on -one with doing leadership coaching, I'm like, do you have regular one-on-ones? And, and I love it when I always get the pushback of, well, we talk to each other every day. 
Perfect. Not what I'm talking about. I'm not talking about, yeah. the, you know, if you're in person, I'm not talking about the passing, you know, out in the operation or in the office. I'm not talking about that. If it's virtual, I'm not talking about, oh yeah, we, you know, we jump on and just chit chat. I'm talking about define time to talk about how is this person doing emotionally, right. mentally, physically checking in. What are their biggest challenges right now? What are roadblocks they're having that I, as a leader cannot fix for you necessarily, but how can right. I support? How can I support you? And, you know, I've, in addition to the one-on-ones, what I've been encouraging leaders to do is to be doing stay interviews right. because by the time you get to an exit interview, it's too late, whatever the issues are or were, that person has already made their mind up that they're gone. And so, right. you know, even if on a quarterly basis, you're checking in saying, are, are you still motivated in your job? You know, are you still enjoying this? What are some things right. that I do as a leader that motivates you? And what are some things that I do that might demotivate you? Because as leaders, we can think we are working really hard. Right. And we get so frustrated because, you know, we're driving north and we realize we turn around and our team's like, hey, we're down on the beach south. <laughs> we just, you know, we're not going to the cold weather with you. We want warm weather. I mean, you know, right. so it's just, it's just that constant checking in. And right. I think as a leader, that's one of your most important responsibilities, you know, and I think sometimes leaders get caught up with so many other things and don't realize that the main thing that they're responsible for is really is their team. And, and how right. can I best support you, be a resource for you? And if things aren't working out, how do I help you make that better? Right, right. Yeah. Most of the times leaders do this uh, mistake of assuming things, you know, they assume things are fine or yeah. maybe some, somebody is not doing well because they are just lazy or something like that. They, they never take the pain to understand exactly what's going on in their life or maybe professional personal life. Uh, they, they, they don't invest that time in that. So that's a fantastic advice right there having one-on-ones regularly scheduled one-on-ones uh, to be, to be honest. That's, that's, thank you for that answer. Right. So uh, there are some questions coming from uh, social media. I will, I will keep that for the end of it. Uh, in your experience, doc, uh, what are some common mistakes uh, that leaders uh, make, which you have seen across the years, there is some common trends uh, or, or uh, you know, uh, common mistakes, which people tend to make and how can they avoid them? Well, I'll start with, it was a mistake I made when I first got into management that it was, I can do everything myself. <laughs> right. And if you don't learn the art of delegation early on, right. you are never going to be successful. And even sadder, your people will never be successful because right. they're not going to learn and grow. And, you know, and it, it's I, I remember working with a leader that took great satisfaction. And when he was not there, right. there was chaos right? because they needed him. Right. to answer questions. And it was almost the self-satisfying ego feed of like, see, you can't, as a leader, you should, when you're gone and it runs smoothly, that should be the biggest compliment to your leadership is that people know, you know, they can jump in, they can, they can take things over. So right. the first one is, it's just not learning what, what is it that I need to be working on? And, you know, unfortunately right. when leaders get promoted, what made them good at what they did versus what makes them great as a leader, there's quite a gap. And, right. you know, you really go less from being this doobie of checking off a task every day 
to right. more about moving really the vision of the organization and, and the right. bigger level things. And, right. you know, so along with that, one of the best things I ever learned from a leader that was just really motivational and inspirational in my life to the whole reason why I'm here with you today is just encouraging me to go out and, and be me and, and you know my gifts. You would go into his office and you know right. bring him a problem. And so instead of just immediately taking that from you, and, and doing something with it, he would say, so what is, what is one idea you have to fix it? Right. And I would be like, okay, well, that's what you get paid to do. Right. <laughs> you, know, you know, you need to be thanking me, giving me a raise because I've identified this problem. And right. you know, what I learned about him is he wasn't creating a team of problem admirers. He was creating a team of problem solvers. So right. every time you came in, you had to have at least one idea for how to solve this problem. And I'm not saying that that was always going to be the idea that fixed it. But right. the point was, is that he wasn't always owning these problems. And, you know, I see, especially in, you know, the several decades I've been doing this, I see leaders always feeling the pressure of when, especially new leaders, someone comes in, they bring you a problem. Right, right, you automatically right, right. take it and then they walk out. And then by right. the end of the day, you have this, you know, box full of problems that maybe weren't even yours to solve. And if I've identified a problem and I'm invested in it, then right. I really should be given that accountability and that responsibility to be, you know, helping collaborate to figure it out. Because as right. a leader, you can't solve, you can't solve everything. You shouldn't be. And then again, you know, when, if you are, what kind of team are you developing or creating? Right. And we, we need a world of more problem solvers not people that just walk past something and think it's someone else's responsibility to fix it. Absolutely. If I've identified it, I have some stake in it. And you know what my, my leader would find is how really important that problem was to you. Because if you couldn't come up with one idea and you just walked away and the conversation was never had again, how important was that really to you? So as a leader, you might begin working really hard to solve these things that weren't that big of an issue. Right. But when people are vested in helping you solve them, you know that it was a big issue and, and they right. want to be a part of the problem solving. Absolutely. Absolutely. I'm, I'm actually kind of guilty of that. One of my feedback, year-end feedback, one of my team members gave me was, uh, Vivek, uh, you need not be part of all projects. Let us do it and commit mistakes and then you step in when, if need be. You know, so I've taken it. Uh, it's very hard. It was it is very hard for me to delegate some of the times. Uh, but I am learning to do that. So that's a fantastic uh, mm -hmm. advice right there. Mm -hmm. So another thing which I wanted to talk about was, you know, learning and development, right? Uh, most good leaders foster a culture of continuous learning and development. So how can leaders go down that route? How can they foster a culture of continuous learning and development within their organization? First and foremost is making time for it because I can't tell you the number of times that I have gone to an organization and they've invested a lot of money right. in this leadership development. And we were supposed to have 25 people in the class and three showed up because there was a, I'm, you know, air quoting here, a crisis. Right. And it, it seemed that every time we would have this training, there was a crisis. Right. And what was being told was what's most important was taking care of the Thing right in front of you. And it was always right. to me a reactionary thing. Now, I'm not saying that there are not really crises in their thing, but if, if the norm is that every time we're trying to create space for this learning, something pulls you away from that. 
What right. are you really saying is how important that is? So first and foremost is creating time and space for it. Right. Second is encouraging people to take risk. Right. With that, making failure an option. Right. Because if you work for someone that perfection is the goal, then they're going to be afraid to learn and grow. And I, you know, I had a, a, it was a VP of, of marketing that I was coaching and he got feedback on his 360 that he, that people perceived him to be perfect. Right. And he took this as a huge compliment. And so as his leadership coach, I said, I, I want to pull you back from that. And I really want you to think about what that, what that is communicating. And he said, right. what do you mean? And I said, well, if people on your team think you're perfect, what is that communicating to them if they feel they are not? And if they can't live up to that expectation. So, I mean, and you think about marketing, you want people that are creative, that are yes. brainstorming, putting things out there. But if they are afraid, you know, by his metric of success, it won't be successful. They're not even going to try. Absolutely. Because perfection is what they are seeing modeled. There's no vulnerability of, I, I'm, you know, I fail. We all fail. And then what right. did we learn from it? How did we come back from that? Um, right. So I just, you know, I, I think you've got to, again, create the supportive space for people to, to learn and grow, but then you also have to support them when it doesn't work out. I mean, I don't, I believe people don't wake up every day and like, I hope I can go to work and fail today. I mean, like, just <laughs> let me fail, you know, please. But failure is going to happen. And, you know, I, I'm sure you can relate to this. I've learned more from my failures than I've ever learned from any amazing success. Absolutely. Because I learned 100%. how to get back up again and how to do it differently and more intelligently, as Henry Ford would say. You know, I'm Absolutely. smarter and better for having gone through that. But you as a leader set the biggest example for that. Because if you're not in, encouraging that failure and you're telling people that perfection is the goal, not progress, right. then you're you're creating a people people that will never be able to get to their highest capacity because they won't, you know, they won't stumble along the way to be able to get there. Absolutely. You don't want team members who want to play safe. You want people who want to take risks. Yes. Right. So uh, one question about, you know, young leaders, you know, what advice do you have for aspiring leaders looking to take their career to the next level? I would say be open to all opportunities. And, you know, I, and I also say open to grace and that, you know, open to other people's failures and open to disappointments from things that don't work out that you think they're going to work out. Be okay with not knowing where the journey goes. Right. Be okay with just the process of it. I mean, you and I can probably sit here and think about a number of different things we've done in our younger selves. Right. But in the moment, you had absolutely no idea how that experience in that moment was going to guide you to even doing the thrifty marketer, to even having a podcast. You know, it was, it just, it doesn't all have to match up and match together. And there's right. a lot of people that sit with discomfort of when they're asked to do something, well, how is this, how is this working towards a bigger thing? I'm not saying that we don't do things that are in alignment and be intentional about like, we have a goal to do something. So, you know, we do a lot of things to help us be able to get to that goal. Right. You know, when I when I work in organizations before someone gets promoted to a C-suite level, they have to work in almost every area of the company for right. a given period of time so that they have an understanding when they're leading the organization of how this department could be struggling because this 
you know, this department, this is the way they see things and it's not the way right. everybody sees things. But if I've never had a glimpse into your world, you know, I, I think of this as a skyscraper. If not, never visited your floor, I might not realize the different things you see out the window than on my floor. So it's really right. important to just be open to any experience, even if you don't fully understand in the moment where this might be going. You know, it, it doesn't right. always have to be an end game of there's an immediate payoff. And, and I, I'm generalizing in this that we do live in a world that likes an immediate payoff. Yeah. Think about the scratch off lottery tickets. You, know, <laughs> you think about fast food. If you have to wait in a drive through, you're angry. If they say pull over, you're like, it's fast food. It's like right. sometimes we just have to put trust in, in the process. And so just right. being open to when someone asks you to do something going, okay, why not? And encouraging your people to do the same thing. It's like, you know, we don't, we don't have to be amazing at it. Honestly, we haven't earned, we haven't earned the right yet. There's right. a lot of things that we've got to, you know, do to, to pay our dues along the way to be able to get to a place where we can call ourselves an expert in something. Absolutely. Because we've tried a lot and failed a lot. And, and sometimes we were successful, sometimes I'm not. But all of it was part of the journey. Absolutely. Absolutely. The journey is the, is the, is the, is the most important thing. Like, uh, uh, another question which I had was, you know, how can leaders, some, most of the leaders struggle when it comes to their the demand from the personal and professional lives. So how can leaders effectively balance the competing demands of their personal and professional lives? Yeah, I I think about this in the context of my word for this year. You know, it's some people say do a mantra, some people say do a New Year's resolution. So my word for this year is intentional. Right. And I, I think about that from the standpoint of when we get busy with, you know, you look at your day and it's full, it's full of meetings, it's full of things you've got to accomplish. Is this in alignment with who I am and what I want to be? Right. And, you know, I, it goes back to the advice of being open to doing things, but it's also not saying yes to absolutely everything. Right. It's looking at, you know, this makes the most sense for me to go try this right now because I eventually want to be here and I'm probably going to have to have some experience in doing that. So it's not just being so quick to say yes right. to everything. And, and I think as leaders, often we do feel that pressure of if we're not saying yes, then we're failing or we're letting people down or we're, but if we're saying yes to everything, how in the right. world can we ever show up as our best self? Because that's not sustainable. And it's putting that, putting that oxygen mask on yourself first right. so that you can help the world breathe. I mean, it's, you know, if I can't breathe, how am I going to be able to help you be able to do that? And so, you know, in, in, in a given week for myself, I schedule my personal you know, my personal energy time, which means walking and getting some yoga in. I mean, that's critically important to my well-being. And then just looking at, you know, what what clients am I working with? Who am I taking in? Is hope the right person right. for doing that? And it, it right. just, we live in a world, though, that I, I think, and especially I'm speaking generally in the United States, of the pressure to right. just do it all. You know, <laughs> you want that perfect photo. You want that shot, you know, of just like showing up and being your best self every day. Well, no, you know what? Some days you show up and you're not your best self. <laughs> it's just, Absolutely. it's the reality of, it's the reality of it. But you know, it's just, um, as I said, I, I'm, I'm holding to that word and I'm waking up every day. I'm like, what am I going to be intentional about today? What is going to help grow me, grow my business, grow other people that I'm working with and, and not just being random and hoping it works out. 
right right being intentional very important saying no to things very very important right so uh, i have one one more question about leadership before i have another question from one of the uh, viewers so um, as i mentioned in the beginning you know leaders can have a positive or a negative impact on communities and society at large we have a lot of examples of that going around so how can leaders use their influence and position to make a positive impact on the communities and society at large i think it starts with asking for feedback on right. how you're showing up right. it's putting the ego aside and making sure that i you know what i think of myself right is in alignment with what other people think of me and you know we we can make a lot of assumptions around that and self awareness is probably one of the hardest things for a lot of us to do Right. is just you know am i really how i'm showing up is that how other people think i'm showing up is that in alignment right. with what they're thinking and you know i love when i'm working with leaders when we do 360s and you find that the boss's perception the leader's perception the team's perception are all very different <laughs> right. how can i best serve and you know what what i've learned along the way is that i can't serve everyone it goes back to your question around motivation I can't serve everyone the exactly same way. I mean, if right. I, you know, if I own a restaurant and my family's uh, were hospitality people. So if I serve everybody in the restaurant a hamburger with a bun, with french fries, can my gluten-free people eat that? Can my vegetarians eat that? You know, can my, I mean there's like a thousand different needs of right. people. So right. it's it's again goes back to that being in touch of, you know, maybe you need a grilled chicken salad, you know, or maybe, right. you know, maybe you don't really want anything. You just would like a lovely um, glass of refreshing water. I mean, you know, it's, it's, right. but it's, how do I know that? And how do I check in with that? And if I'm not asking for feedback and I'm serving everybody the way that I want to be served right. and, and I've worked with leaders like that, it's, it, right. if it's working for me, it should be working for you. And right. that's not how you best serve. It's not about what you need. It's about what they need. And right. it's putting that ego aside of like, even if I don't think this is the right thing, if they're telling me, this is what I need from you, this is how I need to show up. Right. That is when we are most successful as leaders. And that's, you know, a big step circling back to the, the change question. I see a lot of new leaders come in, not even young necessarily, but I mean, I say seasoned, come in and want to start changing things before right. they even understand the climate, the culture, the people. You know, right. like I, I, I can't go in. I haven't earned the right yet to go in and tell you what you need. Right. I'm here to help you and I need to understand your needs. And then how do I be intentional about, you know, kind of redirecting where we're going based on what those needs are. And it's, it's, you know, and I can't do that unless I ask for feedback, but you know, I've, I've had some leaders say, and we worked on this is that, you know, if I don't hear anything, I assume it's good. Right. Because if it right. were bad, they would tell me. Absolutely. Absolutely. Now, guess what they'll do? They'll quit. Yeah. So or worse yet, they'll quit and stay. And you're getting not anything from them. Not right. Yourself. They're doing the minimum or not even the minimum. And as a leader, I have to look at my accountability and responsibility for how did I influence that to happen? Right. Right. That's that's. That, I'm I'm so glad that uh, you know you took time out to come on the show because I am loving your analogies and. The examples you're giving, uh, you know, the, about serving people, it's uh, it's very easy to 
remember these concepts now because of these examples, you know. <coughs> so, excuse me. <coughs> I have a couple of questions from viewers. So, first question is, uh, I don't know the name. Uh, how would leadership change going into the future? You have got to learn to be flexible and versatile. And I, you know, I'm working with a number of organizations right now that have called everybody back to work in person. Right. They, for the first time in the history of this organization, have a tremendous turnover. Right. And I'm just using that as one example, because that's really in the organizations I'm working in right now, that this is a struggle now with employees. Right. And, and it's like, I don't want to come back. Right. <laughs> I, I want to, you know, and so how does it change in the future? It's, you know, we used to be able to make up a process or procedure and we were probably good for five, 10 years. We don't have to revisit it. Today, it's constantly, as I said, being present with what are the needs? You know, what are people asking for? People today want flexibility. Right. Above and beyond, you know, the younger generation, 401k, eh, I'll go invest my own money. <laughs> you know, I want to work from home at least two or three days a week. You know, I want, I want right. to be able to have that if I need to leave, go do that. Right. I mean, you know, so it's really looking at how are we changing? It's meeting employees more or meeting the needs of, of people that are coming to us and interviewing our organizations more halfway. And I right. know for a lot of organizations, that's a struggle of like, well, I'm paying you to be here. I'm paying you for this job. But People, I think, after, you know, what we've gone through have all been reflecting on, I want to contribute more than just right. showing up every day. And so if I'm not happy, I don't really respect who I work for. This person is not a good leader. I don't feel like I'm making a difference. I'm not contributing. Forget money. I can go make money. Right. I want to serve a greater need and a greater purpose. And I think that how we have to do in the future, how that evolves, is we have to be more flexible and versatile and how we allow that to happen and right. collaborate and ask employees what they need and not just be right. telling them, I need you here five days a week. Well, I wasn't for two years and we're successful. Doesn't matter. Right. I need to see you back here. Well, that's, that's not going to fly with most people. Absolutely. They'll, they'll go, they'll try. I mean, trust me. I mean, like I said, most organizations are having, they've never had retention issues. Right. They are. And so it's, you know, how can, how can we meet them? And you, you don't give into every demand. Right. But you've got to give, you know, you've got to meet halfway. Absolutely. absolutely. I, I'm, I'm going to share this video with all my HR friends so that they can go through this at their time. So Joe asked a question, which I wanted to, I forgot to include. I wanted to ask this question. He asked, if a team doesn't like change or maybe even fears it, this is a common scenario for every, every leader I know. What are the first steps to start to develop the culture you're talking about? is really bringing people together and allowing them space to talk about it. Right. I mean, that's really, that is, the, and it goes back to the love acronym. Right. Listening. But so many times a change, or at least my experience, and, and yours could be similar, different, is when a change comes down, we just quickly brush past it. I mean, we just, right. we, we just, we have to deal with it and just move on. And I don't want to hear you whining. I don't want to hear you complaining. Right. It's just, but how do you sit down and listen to your, you know, the concerns of your team? And most of the time I find in these conversations, we can put a lot of this fear to rest. Right. Because, you know, there's, there's an acronym for fear and it wasn't a hope one. It's one I've shamelessly stole, but it's, you know, false evidence appearing real. And so, so, so many people fear change because we've never done it this way before. 
Right. And, you know, what I, what I like to do is to engage the people that I like to call are keepers of the failure data. Right. Ones that have been around a while. And as soon as they see a change coming that looks like one from the past, they immediately will shoot it down and they will immediately tell you that it won't work because it didn't work 10 years ago. Right. And what I love to do is I love to say, oh my gosh, you were here when it failed. Right. So what would it look like if it were successful? Like, what do we have 10 years ago, five years ago? I mean, for goodness gracious sake, one year ago, what do we have different now that we didn't? And what would it look like if it worked? Right. And when you flip that, you're going to tell if people really want to engage with you with this, or if they're going to be the one that at some point you may have to have a different conversation on. This is where we are going. I would love to have you part of this change journey. Right. Culturally, this is where we are. And you know what? It might not be the culture for you anymore. And it isn't always bad when someone leaves. I mean, that's not Absolutely. the end goal. That's not the end Absolutely. goal, especially in today's world. But if somebody doesn't, you know, that's not where somebody wants to be or get on board with, you right. know, some of the greatest things that we can do is help someone find a place where they do fit in and, and they do feel that. So I think where you get started with, it's the human side of it. It's the right. emotional side of it, because that is, I, as I say, that is the most left out piece of change because it is, it is, it is something emotional. And as I said, something is dying or ending and something new is beginning. And, and even in death, I, I don't know what my new world looks like. So if I can let people talk about that, grieve the old, let's talk about worst case, what the new might look like. Best case, right. what does it look like? I think that right. that really, that, that acknowledges people and their feelings and that they're, they're valid and you want to hear it. Absolutely. Thank you, Joe, for that fantastic question. Thank you for that amazing uh, response to that. Uh, so I've come to an end, but I have one more question because I need to understand you better. So let's talk about Hope LLC. Uh, what kind of work you do? It's been several years you have been doing this for a lot of organizations across the globe. What kind of programs uh, does Hope offer? And what kind of clients do you have? Uh, share some uh, insights on that. I will, I will say that, you know, like I said, I, I teach and I tell my mom and dad this all the time. And it's funny to hear my mom tell her friends. She's like, well, my daughter teaches common sense. That's not common practice. And I'm like, oh my God, you've got to give context. You know, that could be a number of different things. Right. But really it's how do you do what we've talked about today? It's how do I connect? How do I engage in these feedback conversations? So many leaders don't know how to have a feedback conversation. They right. don't know how to get good constructive feedback to help someone. They don't know how to ask for feedback themselves. Right. They don't know how to motivate a team. I mean, you know, so many people get promoted. I work a lot with manufacturing. I, I work across industries and, and globally, but I work a lot in the manufacturing industry. Right. And, you know, there's that struggle with somebody is amazing on the front line. Okay. Right. They get promoted. Now right. they are leading people that they used to be peers with. They go from, you know, buddy to boss. They have no idea, right. no idea because it's a different skill set of how are you able to do that? So right. it's really looking at leadership and looking at each leader at, at any level from the C-suite to the front line and developing that person to be the best leader that they can be. And your best leader and my best leader are not, again, it's not that one size fits all. It's right. what does this leader have to contribute? And in some cases, does this leader even want to be a leader? You know, right. Sometimes they get tapped and they're miserable. Their team is miserable. Right. They want to go back to just being an individual contributor. Absolutely. And you know what? That's okay too. That's okay too. 
Um, but it's really just, you know, in, in, a, in a training setting, you know, via virtually in person. And then I love the work that I get to do with leaders one on one because we, you know, we start with that whole feedback process. And some have never done a 360 before. And when I say that, it's just asking for feedback from every angle to find right. out how close is what I think in alignment with all the groups that I'm interacting with. And then from that, helping develop them to be, again, the best that they can be. And what does that mean? Because every leader struggles with something a little bit different. And I mean, there are some general things we all struggle with, but it's it's their struggle. It's their journey. And right. so how can you make what they do better, but not make them a mold of someone else, right. but it's the best version of them. Right, right. Absolutely. I think I, I will say uh, to this extent that you're doing uh, uh, a favor to the world because this world that in, in, in dire need of good leaders and, you know, uh, your, your company and your work on personal level as well is contributing a lot to that. Um, I'm super grateful that uh, you took time out to come on the show and I got to meet you virtually uh, and listen to your thoughts. Uh, you know, people are saying it was inspiring and insightful. Uh, so thank you so much, uh, Dr. Uh, hope, uh, I hope to, <laughs> I hope to <laughs> stay in touch and learn a lot from you. Thank you so much. Uh, well, thank I mean, you. I mean, and, and thank you for letting me spread hope. Spread hope and love because, you know, I, I believe that I was given this name for a reason. And, you know, I will end with this, as I often tell leaders, if I can't bring you hope, I really need to change my name. I need to do something else. I need to do something because, you know, when you've got your name, not only, you know, the helping other people excel is, you know, my acronym for my company, but I'm like, yeah, it's, you know, you don't want someone's name that's hope that's just not hopeful, that doesn't bring you, you know, doesn't bring you not joy, that doesn't bring you hope. So I feel like I've been given this responsibility in, in, in a wonderful way. And I feel honored to meet people like yourself that are out there doing amazing work as well, because I, I say that it, it takes a village, a very large village to raise us as leaders and, and to lean in and support that. All of us, wherever your village is, I think is critically important. So thank you for inviting me into yours and letting me share you know, my experiences and my journey. And I wish everyone listening today, yourself included, Let's make this an intentional 2023. Absolutely. Thank you so much, Doc. Thank you. Speak to you soon. Thank you. Bye. Bye. So that was Dr. Hope. Uh, you know, I must say that, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's much needed. Uh, people like Dr. Hope exist and companies like Hope LLC exist because trust me, leadership is in short, uh, short supply. You know, we, we badly need good leaders. Uh, we have been seeing a lot of things. Uh, recently, I quit Twitter because of the toxic leadership. Uh, I had a huge community there. Uh, I had I, I left that community with pain. But it's high time we all stand up against toxic leadership and we all adapt or sorry adopt uh, good leadership practices so that you know everybody who is working with us. Uh, uh, we set the right example and uh, help them in every way possible. I try to do that in my work. I hope every one of us will do that and make everybody's life more beautiful. So that was episode 54. Uh, next week, I have amazing, amazing guest who will teach us how to use humor and art to live a beautiful life. So I cannot wait to meet her. It's a, it's a, it's a, uh, when you meet her, you will know uh, what kind of a different personality she is. Uh, you know, so let's wait till next Thursday. Uh, I 
wish you all a happy new year again and uh, take care uh- thank you for listening to the thrifty marketer podcast subscribe to the podcast on itunes or google podcasts see you in the next episode